Hi, you're listening to The Cardigan, a special series from Selfie, focusing on the intersection of psychology and self-care. I'm Kristen, a licensed therapist, a skilled catastrophizer, and mom of four. And I'm Matthias, a licensed therapist, side-eye aficionado, and a dog dad. We're going to be taking your mental health questions, chatting about our own journeys, and looking at psychology in the media. We hope you learned something about yourself, the people you love, and the world of mental health and maybe laugh a little along the way. So go grab some tea and your favorite cardigan and we'll meet you on the couch. Hey guys, welcome to Selfie. Well, today we're going to be taking a listener question about someone who is dealing with depression, but debating going on meds and feeling some ambivalence about that. We're going to be talking about a recent Psychology Today article on how Pixar uses psychology in their movies, um, specifically in the new one, Turning Red. Um, But first, we're going to do a mental health check-in with each other. Hey, Matthias. Hey, Kristen. Uh, How is your mental health? It is okay. Um, You know, I have, I've been in a season, I would say, of the last two years where I've been dealing with a lot of anxiety and insomnia. I've talked about that a lot. And I would say that it has the, str- the stress of, of that, the kind of unrelenting nature of that, despite all of my best efforts, has landed me in a place of depression mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. which is new for me. Mm-hmm. And I have tried, as you know, a lot. I've tried a lot of different medications. I am very pro medication. We're going to talk about that with our listener question. I'm super pro medication. But what I also know about myself, because I've done the gene site test, yes. is that I am what they call an SSRI under responder, which means I don't respond super well to SSRIs. Mm-hmm. So I have tried so many things. Um, and I am in in sort of <laughs> my desperation. My next step is I'm going to try ketamine treatments. Yeah. Which I don't know. I have mixed feelings about. Um, so ketamine is, I, I guess it's considered a psychedelic. Um, it's a controlled substance. But but I am doing all of this like under medical supervision, obviously. Right, right. Um, my insurance is covering it. I mean, it is it is an FDA-approved antidepressant treatment. But there is that weird feeling of like, it still feels a little weird. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Oh, totally. (laughs) Like, I'm almost embarrassed to talk about it. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's fair. Like, I I mean, I'll play with this a little bit too. Like, I, like I have done psychedelic work before Uh um, with a therapist, you know, very controlled with, you know, a guide all of those things and it is one of those things that is like people get weird about mm-hmm. it um because they are i mean they are drugs they are drugs <laughs> and, and these are the drugs that people yeah. are like these are the quote-unquote bad drugs like <laughs> like they're street drugs <laughs> right like ketamine is special k <laughs> right. like i remember learning about that in high school you know mm-hmm. Being warned about it. Yeah. Yeah, So they're like the hard drugs. (laughs) They are. But it's, you know, it is interesting the ones we stigmatize and don't. I mean, ADD meds are also technically hard drugs. Right. Um, You know, I mean, the irony is like MDMA shows incredible effectiveness with PTSD, but that is still illegal. Right. Which we know as Molly or ecstasy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, there is a weird feeling about it. What's what's funny for me though about the stigma, because I think the stigma is like, you're just doing that to get high. Mm-hmm. The funny thing about me is like, I'm actually terrified of that aspect. Sure. Right. I'm not looking forward to that at all. Yeah. Yeah. At all. There's no mm-hmm. part of me that's like, oh, this will be fun. Right. Because I mean, so much of psychedelic work is is walking back into trauma. Yeah. Um, and that is not easy because you're in an altered state of consciousness. Like, yeah, it's it is something that I deeply believe in. Uh huh. Um, and I'm thrilled that it's starting to get legalized, you know, ketamine here, but also in multiple areas, um, psychedelic mushrooms mm-hmm. and the active compound of psilocybin. Like all of those things can be, if used well, supervised properly, so helpful for depression, anxiety, PTSD the efficacy is so much higher than a lot of the drugs that are currently on the market. Um, well, the efficacy is higher, yes. but also the side effects are so yes. much lower. So I mean, much for lower. me, what really sold me on it at is ketamine definitely has side effects. Yeah. One of the big one is nausea. That, that terrifies me. Like mm. I'm pretty sure I'll puke, mm-hmm. but the thing is I'll have nausea for two to three hours and then I'll be done with that nausea. Right. Where a lot of the side effects that I've experienced on other antidepressants that you take daily are with me every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it can be very frustrating. And again, I'm very pro-meds. But I also want to be very empathetic to the fact that a lot of times when you're dealing with depression, the list of side effects is basically like, well, would you like to enjoy your sex life? Or would you like to gain 20 pounds or do you want to be depressed? Like right. pick two. Right. You know, yeah. and it's it's frustrating. Yeah. So I do like the fact that whatever side effects I'm experiencing seem to be out of the system that day. Right. Right. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an exciting field. It yeah. is. It is. But it is, yeah. it is very nerve-wracking for me just because I do have anxiety. I'm unfortunately, I'm not a person. I don't enjoy marijuana at all. Mm-hmm. I don't like I, I don't like anything that really creates an altered state. Yeah, that's so. fair. Yeah, and it is terrifying then to walk in Yeah. Um, and kind of give up that. <laughs> but you've had good bit. experience with I psychedelics. Have. Yeah, I, I have. Uh, and... I think much of it is about the prep work, like, mm-hmm. and, and they'll walk you through this, like the the, the whole themes of set and setting. Yeah. Where are you doing it, and then what are your intentions? Uh uh-huh. And 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 then do you have a practitioner with you who can walk with you in that anxiety? Yes. Realizing like that is part of the process. Um, yes. I think those things are are vitally important in order to have. A good experience. Yeah. My doctor said the same thing. Basically, Mm -hmm. like, you just have to know going in that this is all, this is what will happen. This is a part of the experience. The disassociation is the experience. Yeah. Right. But but yeah, I don't love, one thing that's a little bit hard for me is, you know, I'm having to do this in a very medical setting. Right. And I don't love that because I have anxiety around medical settings. Mm -hmm. And so I... You know, I mean, in a perfect world, I guess I would be doing this in my home with a doctor on hand, but I no one's offering that. So, 
Yeah, that's a bummer. <laughs> that is what I did, was I had oh. someone come into my home. Oh, that's interesting. It was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would way yeah. rather be at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I I don't think they offer that with – well, what I'm doing is technically it's called Spravato. Okay. And so it's a brand name of S-ketamine. So it's a a formulation of ketamine and it's a nasal spray. Hmm. Yeah. Neat. And it's totally covered by my insurance. That's so cool. I know. Well, keep us posted, Chris. I will. I definitely will. Yeah. I'm sure that will be my next update. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how about you? How's your mental health? Yeah, I'm I'm doing all right overall. Like I, I think I don't know. I feel like I don't have much to report. Yeah. I on, mean, on hey, no news is good things, news, right? right? Like it's just like pretty normal. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Like like speaking of psychedelics and and that kind of stuff like i i have been playing around with microdosing a little bit oh tell me Uh, about that and that has been really interesting especially for like anxiety Mm -hmm. um it, it has been helping um and that has been wild to me um just like small dose of the psychoactive substance so small that Mm -hmm. I don't feel any effects. Like I wouldn't right. know that I was on it. There would, there's no sense of like, I don't even feel like I'm on a drug. Like, yeah. I mean that by like medication, like right. I just feel normal, but I have also noticed some of those symptoms of anxiety have dropped. Um, I can, I'm thinking better. Like I noticed my brain works faster. <laughs> that's and, and that's so re- interesting. Really interesting. Um, yeah, so I, I've kind of it's been fun to play with that a little bit and and see like oh this is actually is working. Yeah, <laughs> mm. yeah, mm. that is so interesting. We might have to talk about this in selfie because I think it would be a fascinating discussion. I think it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's the forefront of mental health research, right? It now. is. It it really mm. is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. and for folks who are listening to this who are like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what in the world? There, there's a really helpful book, at least it was helpful for me, um, by Michael Pollan called How to Change Your Mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he's a journalist. He, he's a very well-respected journalist. Oh, he yeah. wrote this really thorough book around psychedelic, psychoactive substances um, in healing. And um, it's a fascinating read. Um, I haven't read that one. I've read his uh, his books about food. Right. Um, the Omnivorous Dilemma, but I haven't read that one. And then he has another one, This Is Your Mind on Plants. Yep, right. That I, I'd love to read too. Yeah. Yeah, it, all is a, it is all very fascinating stuff. Well, what do you have today for Two Thumbs Up? Yeah. So this is a podcast that I got super into um, called The Wish – um, and it's, you know, just one of those, I'm actually trying to make sure that I have that name right because I'm second guessing it <laughs> as I'm, as I'm saying it right now. I don't think that's what it's actually called. Um, Kristen, <laughs> why don't you tell us your two thumbs up while I figure <laughs> out what this name is? <laughs> um, okay. My two thumbs up for today. 
is um, a magnesium oil spray. So I have been trying mm-hmm. to do more magnesium. Mm-hmm. It is magnesium is you know a mineral that's very good for sleep. Um, it's very good for keeping you regular. But I find that the magnesium powders, which of which there are many, there's a really good one called Natural Calm, um, but they tend to irritate my stomach mm-hmm. um, because it it does cause like some diarrhea. Right. Like that is right. definitely a side effect. So yep. you have to be careful with taking it. And so anyway, I've been trying topical magnesium, which works just as well. Mm-hmm. So there are some nights that I'll take an Epsom salt bath, which has a lot of magnesium in it, but I don't want to take a bath every single night. So I found this great, it's a magnesium oil spray. It's from a company called Ancient Minerals, and it's just highly concentrated topical magnesium. And so you mm. just spray it on, I usually spray it on my arm, on my inner arm, um, and it gives you all the same benefits. It helps improve your sleep. Um, if you have like restless leg syndrome, it's supposed to be good for that too. It kind of relaxes your muscles. So yeah, I'm really liking that. And it was 12 bucks. Amazing. Yeah. Does it like, I, okay, so I have used a magnesium spray before. Uh-huh. It was one that I think my mom made because my mom is super into like making these things. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> and... I, I thought like I really liked the effects of it, but the one thing I didn't like was that I, like it made me feel gunky. <laughs> like like the spray on my skin didn't feel like it was like absorbing enough in, in a way that was kind of uncomfortable. Like has that been your experience or not? You know, it's funny that you say that because there is a magnesium feel, right? And I've used different sprays before. This one is more of an oil spray. I've used lighter sprays. I find that the oil as the carrier almost distracts from the magnesium feel. Okay. So it just feels like a nice body oil. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I like have extreme sensitivity to any kind of cream. Like I can't use hand creams because of the way they feel. Oh, that's so funny. I'm kind of yeah. the same way. Yeah. So I'm kind of the same way. In fact, so I have eczema and I really don't like slathering myself in creams. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Right. It's gross. And so yeah. I usually what I do is I put oil in a bath because I find I can tolerate oil right. better than like lathering myself up. And, and an ointment, barf. Yeah. No. Keep an ointment away from me. Right. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. 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 Huh. But yeah, I like this one. Though I, I don't mind an oil for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Did you find your podcast? I did. It's called The Dream. The Dream. You <laughs> were so is, close. Which is so close to the wish. But <laughs> it's very close. <laughs> it's called The Dream. Uh, I am super into like investigative journalism. Oh, yes. Podcasts. And I kind of feel like I'm always eating them up. Th- this one was one that I binged over. It's fairly long over a period of, I think, about a week um, where this, I think she was a journalist. Uh investigates multi-level marketing companies and kind of goes through like the legal reasons why they aren't classified as fraud and Mm -hmm. like some of the history behind why that is, but also how um, they exploit people. I, I just, I thought it was so interesting, especially, you know, in the realm of where so many friends, (laughs) and I would say myself included, like they, they're so alluring. (laughs) Yeah. And, and that sense of like, we can make money. Um, yeah, it, it's a fascinating podcast. Ooh, I, that, dream. that feels almost like required listening. 
Yes. Because I cannot believe how many people I know that have been, you know, taken in by this idea of like boss babe, work from home. Yep. Spend money to make money thing. Yes. And, And they get into like the psychology behind it too. And I thought that was really fascinating, too, mm. like the ways that they, they literally are preying on people by using the positive self-psychology and yes. all of these things that that really trap people who are vulnerable. <laughs> and, well, and I mean, there is a lot of parallels between MLM conferences and Christian conferences. Yes. They almost look the same. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so that's fascinating, too. <laughs> yeah. So I've only listened to season one. I don't know about season two because um, she, she goes off and investigates something else. But it was a really fascinating lesson. And highly recommend. Okay. That is interesting. Yeah. All right. Our listener question for today, um, someone posted this one in the selfie group and it led to a great discussion. But this person was asking about taking medication for depression. And they were saying, you know, I'm great about promoting medication when it's needed, but I feel guilty taking it for myself because my depression is kind of mild. And I feel the guilt because I know I haven't done my due diligence with diet, sleep, exercise, all that kind of stuff. I just haven't been able to make myself stick to those habits. And I feel like I'm beating myself up. Take the meds. (laughs) Take the meds. Take the meds. (laughs) I feel like we're going to say the same thing about this. I but. know. <laughs> you go. And then I'll that, go. <laughs> the, the sense of like everything that you just listed are symptoms of depression. That's right. And yeah. like this idea of, well, if I could only make myself exercise more, if I could only make myself sleep more, like you can't. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and then to add that pressure on yourself and say this is a moral failure that I haven't done this, like that that isn't going to help anything. Right. It's only going to make it feel worse. No, um, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah, and I mean exactly what this person is describing. I I'm not doing the things I should be doing for my depression. I'm not going for walks. I'm not taking, you know, a supplement. Like depression creates that feeling that self-care is an insurmountable task that is a symptom of depression. So you should never feel bad that while you're depressed, you're not doing the things you should, because that is a part of depression. And I look at medication sometimes also as a bridge, right? Like the medication might be the thing that gets you out of the house, that gets you on the bike, that gets you, you know, in, in the, activities that you need to be doing. Um, but the medication might be the thing that gets you over that hump of overwhelm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you may not be on it forever, but it's certainly okay if you are. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I often tell people like meds can enable, <laughs> like they, they may not fix everything. Sometimes they do. Um, but they, likely will help you get that extra little boost that you need of where all of a sudden you feel like you have motivation again. Yes. Uh, And that is so important. (laughs) Yeah. I I am right with you. I'm very pro med, especially with depression. Especially with the depression. I completely agree. I, I totally agree. I think that there are a lot of strategies that can help people with anxiety 
but depression is very difficult to treat when um, you hit a certain point. I also think that there's something in this question that's interesting as well, which is that guilt about taking something that we're afflicted with seriously when we know there are people that have it worse. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, you know, I just, I struggle with that too. I really do. But, you know, pain is subjective Mm -hmm. and mental health is subjective. And when you're dealing with it, even though, you know, you could say like, well, I'm, you know, I'm not stuck in bed and there are people that have it so much worse, like, but you have it how you have it and you still deserve every bit of attention and intervention. Right. And your endurance isn't going to help anyone. Right. Like, like just sitting there trying right. to endure something because someone has it so worse true. does not mean like that's not going to help that person. It's totally. also not helping you. So like we, we don't have to endure. Right. Um, at least in some in these areas. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. All right. Well, let's talk about this um, idea of Pixar and the way that they use psychology in their movies, especially this is especially true in their new movie, Turning Red. Have you seen this one? I have. Yeah, I watched it the other night. So there is a lot of chatter and conversation from parents because, you know, apparently there it has gotten some pushback from certain corners of the Internet, not ours, probably (laughs) that, you know, it's diving into topics that kids aren't ready to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you what do you think? Yeah, well, (laughs) multiple opinions about that. Yes, I, I, I think I mean. The whole theme of the movie is puberty, specifically yeah. this this young high school woman who um, is menstruating. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I think some of this pushback is just sexism. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, like if it was a male problem of puberty, right. it would be fine. <laughs> but like gross menstruation. Mm-hmm. Right. But but I think this larger question of what, what is appropriate for kids and what isn't. And, and then also the ways that, that Pixar is, is normalizing these things. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're normalizing that our bodies go through these things. But in, you know, some of their other movies of like mental health struggles, like they don't shy away. I, I think there's like, there's the scene well, not just a scene, but like this movie, like she turns into this red panda and it is kind of a metaphor. Um, but instead of trying to push her back into her body, like stop, like try to put this away, mm-hmm. box this up. You know, the whole movie is, is how do we actually let these things out? Yeah. How do we kind of work with these things in, in ways that are healthy and become like befriend them? And I, I think that is so vitally important, especially for kids and teens who are deeply confused about these things. Absolutely. And and I I mean, I I can't help but think that the parents that are opposed to this movie and this content are also the parents that are not going to prepare their kids for menstruation. Right. (laughs) Right? Like, which, I mean, what a disservice to your kid. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I remember my girls were mortified, but I hosted these (laughs) – I hired a company to come in and they hosted this thing called puberty where it was like a tea about puberty. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, this lady was great. She was a nurse and she like, you know, went through the anatomy with the girls and she, you know, 
all of them now know where their fallopian tubes are, you know, yeah, and they right. know the difference between a vagina and a vulva. Um, and they, she showed them how to insert a tampon and she showed them how to put a pad on. And one thing I really loved about that is it felt so empowering because I invited all their friends that they all learned about it together. Mm-hmm. So they knew if something happened at school that this, that this group of girls had each other's back. And they all knew the same information. Um, but it is it is wild to me that people would say that this is inappropriate. Well, yeah. And I even wonder if some of that even comes from that, that kind of taboo of like, we don't talk about this in mixed company. Yes. <laughs> and then like, this is a, a kid's movie being marketed to all kids. Like, yes. Like, to boys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But talk about, I mean, don't you think there's a huge value in boys seeing this too? Yes. I think there's a massive value yeah. because the number of men <laughs> who don't know the very basic things, like, like, well, I mean, this is something I learned. This will likely make you laugh. Like the way that it goes on. Like, I didn't know yeah, <laughs> like, that it attaches to your underwear and not to your body. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> And, like, the threads I've seen on the internet of, like, guys my age learning that. That's so funny. <laughs> so, so These funny. basic, important things that I think are so important to talk about with everyone because it's a reality of bodies. It is. And, like, I mean, isn't it funny that we're much more comfortable talking about urination, you know, like – a kid saying, I have to go pee or I have to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. There's no issue there. But God forbid a girl have to, you know, take a tampon out of her purse in the classroom as she watch- as she walks to the bathroom. I mean, that's like supposedly so mortifying. Like right. why? It's a bodily function. Totally. That happens to 50% of the population. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm thrilled that this movie is talking about this. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's really, really good. Yeah. And, and it's, it's normalizing. I mean, not just bodies but also the everything that comes with it <laughs> and the kind of the, the mental health side of it yes. as well of what it means to be a teenager going through puberty yeah and how scary and difficult that is i mean pixar they really they've really been pushing in the mental health in the last few years because mm-hmm. they did mm-hmm. inside out right right and i mean i mean i guess they always have really because what was the one with the kid and the house and the old guy? Oh, up. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they do a lot. They do a lot of good for mental health awareness, yeah. I think, for kids. Yeah. I'm glad they do. Like, yeah. Because they do it really well. They do. Um, yeah. 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 They must have some good consultants. I'm just yes. going to put it out there that, I mean, Pixar, we are both licensed therapists. Yeah. If you, if you need some if consultants. You need any more consulting, <laughs> let us know. And we're fun. We're delightful. We're fun. (laughs) All right. We'll have to start a thread in Selfie. What is your favorite Pixar movie? Love that. Let's do it. Hey, thanks for listening. Just a heads up. We're therapists, but we're not your therapists. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy. And by making it, we're not rendering psychological or other professional services. If you need therapy, we recommend you track down someone to help. Join us online for more of the conversation in our Selfie Community Facebook group or on Instagram at at Selfie Podcast. 